Hello everybody and welcome to the Going Up Cast, your weekly feel-good podcast with brand new stories of wizards at school, music what will cheer you up, tales of food and too much of it, a quick batch of news for the week, and a lovely discussion of fitness, movies, and in other movies. I am your host, Andrew Logan, and let's dive right into it. So this week we cover a wide variety of topics. We start Harry Potter in the Prisoner of Azkaban. I talk about how I'm going to be at PAX West this weekend. I talk about two movies I saw during this past week. Uh, I have a lovely tale, uh, once again, from the driver's seat of my car on my way home from work. And we talk briefly about my love affair with fitness and some things you can do to get started on that wonderful train. But first, we're going to start where we always start. And that is our brand new Songs of the Week. Another week, another dollar, another tray of brownies, and two brand new Songs of the Week. Now, I've thought long and hard about these two particular songs, and I'm quite pleased with my choices. Um, one's a cover, which I uh, found out about as I was preparing to record this segment of the podcast, and the other one's an old-timey classic. So let's talk about the old-timey classic first. This song comes to us from the album Can't Slow Down from 1983. That's right. It is Lionel Richie with All Night Long. The uh, official studio album version is like 6 minutes and 20 seconds, but there was a single edit that was only uh, 4 minutes and 20 seconds. Uh, And this song is just about partying all night. It's just got a good little groovy beat. It just kind of makes you bump from side to side. It always brings a smile to my face. Uh, If you get the opportunity, I would encourage you to watch the music video of this particular song because it is a treat. It is a music video locked in time. It probably made a lot of sense in 1983, but it doesn't make much sense now. Uh, That being said, it's still a phenomenal song, and it's kind of firmly lodged Lionel Richie in that group of like, you know what? He knew what he was doing. He had some good, good jams there. So here's a little bit of All Night Long. People dancing all in the street See the rhythm all in their feet Life is good, wild and sweet Let the music play on, play on, play on Feel it in your heart and feel it in your soul Let the music take control Fun fact, the song was kept off the top spot on the UK charts by Billy Joel's Uptown Girl, which is similar in kind of that kind of poppy, upbeat feel. And, you know, I think between the two songs, I'd rather listen to All Night Long. So I love Billy Joel as much as the next guy, but Uptown Girl is uh, is not his best work. It's a good song, but it's not his best work. Now let's talk about another song. This one uh, comes off of an album that came out in 2013 by a folk renaissance like duo um, named Blackmore's Night. Uh, This is a collaboration between Richie Blackmore, who is one of the greatest guitarists of the 20th century. He was in a lot of bands. He was in Rainbow. He was in Deep Purple. He was in his own stuff. Richie Blackmore uh, is Rainbow later on. He played with Dio. He played with David Coverdale from Whitesnake. He played with a bunch of people. He's he's very prolific in his history. Uh, but in 1997, he formed the Renaissance folk band uh, duo Blackmore's Night with his uh, wife, Candace Knight, who is a phenomenal vocalist. And they've come out with several albums. Uh, there's a Christmas album. There's a lot of folk stuff. But uh, Dancer in the Moon, I would say, is probably their most... I don't want to say commercial album, but it's got uh, it's got a lot of covers on it. It's got some more kind of classic rock feel stuff that Blackmore is um, is more well known for. Um, but it also has quite a bit of that Renaissance folk stuff. But this song that I want to talk about right here, um, I think it's going to rain today, uh, is covered beautifully here. I've not heard the original, and I'm probably not going to because the original was written by Randy Newman. And while ever like. Randy Newman's one of those uh, people where you either you love him or you hate him. And his his musical stylings has never been my cup of tea. His When he does music for, like, movies, like when he does the score for a movie, that's usually probably fine. Um, like, he did the music for Bugs Life and Monsters, Inc. But his, his singing style uh, has been a source of 
great comedy for me over the last uh, last large chunk of my life. I'm not going to do it here because I don't want to mock the man. He's he is a prolific songwriter in his own right. I just think this is one of those Bob Dylan situations in which Dylan's natural singing voice is not pleasing to most ears, but when people cover his songs and you see the lyrical beauty involved in it, it usually turns out a lot awesomer. And this is one of those instances. I think it's going to rain today by Blackmore's Night is a superior version, much like how their cover of Diamonds and Rust is also a superior version. Um, But the actual Joan Baez original on that one is phenomenal as well. But anyway, here's a little bit of I Think It's Gonna Rain Today. A pale moon and the sky's triple gray Human kindness overflowing And I think it's gonna rain Yes, I think it's gonna rain I also love that mindset of, you know what? I think it's gonna rain today and it's just kind of this beautiful song puts a smile on my face which at the end of the day is the whole point of these wonderful songs if you have a song that you want to others to listen to to smile face let me know <laughs> at goingcast at gmail.com or using the contact page on goingcast.com that'd be super duper we can get more songs on here um, I'm not running out of music but I will say that it's no longer an easy, like, oh, I'm going to talk about this song and this song. Um, I'm spending time to hunt down these songs. And, you know, I could be, I could be doing this a lot easier if you, uh, you guys send in some song requests. Just throwing it out there. Just uh, give my two cents worth on that one. And, you know, you can always uh, drink some tea. And then if you look in the bottom of your teacup at the tea leaves, it'll spell out goingcast.gmail.com, which is a link you can use to send me your song requests. It's a fun little... It's a fun little side effect. Anyway, let's uh let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. If you've listened to this podcast for long enough, you'll know that I am a big fan of movies. And every now and then I fall into uh, a bit of a movie binge. And uh, last Saturday was no exception. Um, I finally sat down and decided to watch uh, two movies. Um, one movie that had been on my list for a while now, and another movie that I just kind of started to play on a whim just to see what would happen and where it would go, because I heard it was good. Um, and these two movies were Mary and the Witch's Flower and Interview with the Vampire. So I could not have chosen more different films. Uh, to watch in a single day than these two particular films. And I thought I would take a second to talk about them and uh, talk about how um, one was decent and one was crap and I never need to see either of them again. So, Mary and the Witch's Flower was created from the uh, shattered remnants of what used to be Studio Ghibli, which is now called Studio po- like Ponak, um, Ponak, something, something along those lines. And this was their first film. I will give this movie two points in its favor and only two points. Number one, the music was awesome. I'm a big fan of the music. I've heard the score separately before I actually saw the film. I was a big fan of it. And two, animation-wise, as always, super on point. Um, Studio Ghibli movies, uh, like just like the cells are my computer backgrounds. Just like individual shots. Be like these gorgeous hillsides and these incredible... Um, cityscapes and all that stuff. It's it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. I love it. And those are the only two redeeming factors of this movie. This movie is elements of a bunch of different Studio Ghibli movies thrown together badly. Like, it's got a young woman uh, learning magic powers, a la Kiki's Delivery Service. It has a broom, like Kiki's Delivery Service. It has... Uh, this bond with a cat, like Kiki's Delivery Service, and uh, the cat returns. It's got uh, an annoying, air quotes, love interest, like all of them. Uh, it's got uh, an evil witch, like Howl's Moving Castle. It's got building designs, like Howl's Moving Castle. It's got so many different... It's got a little bit of Spirited Away in there. It's got a little bit of, uh, of Castle in the Sky. There's a lot of Castle in the Sky in this movie. It's got inanimate robots. It's got buildings in the sky. It's got buildings in the sky exploding uh it's got a little bit of princess mononoke where it's like uh going against the the natural world of things um it's got all these elements 
And you think like, you know, is this greater than the sum of its parts? Absolutely not. It's badly dubbed in English. Um, I cannot speak for the original Japanese voice acting because I will not see this a second time. So I don't know and I will never find out. Um, but the English dubbing is bad. Just straight up and down. It is, it's not done well. Um, and I, I feel like at this point I would know a good English dub when I would hear one because I've seen all the other English dubs for Studio Ghibli movies and they're done much better. Um, this could be a number of reasons. It's not that the, um, the actors that did the dubbing were bad. You had actors uh, like Kate Winslet and um, Jib uh, Broadbent, who was a uh, horse slughorn in the Harry Potter movies. Good, high caliber actors. Um, I just think it was either done very quickly or they just didn't care. Um, it's one or the other. Um, I also want to chalk it up to the fact that this was, um, I mean, I know it's not Studio Ghibli anymore and they can work with a different English distributor all they want, but I'm pretty sure this was uh, DreamWorks uh, who was behind this one and DreamWorks does make good movies for sure. Um, but perhaps this was just kind of like the B squad. Many things could have happened that made this movie um, subpar in the dubbing area, but that even even a good dub would not have saved this movie from being a cliched, contrived, needless story that didn't need to be told when it has been told before better. If you want to see a movie that's basically this movie, just go watch Kiki's Delivery Service. It's basically the same film. That's better because that in that movie, the cat fucking talks. Okay. Oh, and there's also a little bit of like Full Metal Alchemist in here, just a little bit, just but it's not. Again, it's done badly. It's that, but bad. So everything I listed that this movie is like, but worse. Just go watch all those things. They'll be way better. Now I mentioned that this was not a story that needed to be told, and technically, Interview with the Vampire is also a story that doesn't need to be told. But that movie, all right. if I say Interview with the Vampire is a story that doesn't need to be told. No movie ever is a story that needs to be told. Because the interview with the vampire exists solely as the story. It's like like movies nowadays, like I think I got up in my own head about it serving a purpose. Like with the Marvel Cinematic Universe, every new installment of that cinematic universe served a purpose of advancing the story. There's, there was a reason behind it, you know? Um, you go to see a rock movie because it's fun. Um, you go to see, I don't know, you go you, you pop in an old Muppet movie because it's entertaining family enjoyment, you know, that kind of stuff. Interview with a Vampire is a, a, like a by-the-numbers, old-school-esque horror-slash-history film kind of, sort of. Um, it's not your classic vampire story of... Um, you know, Dracula finds this woman, you know, he wants to her to become like the bride of Dracula and all that crap. And Van Helsing shows up and he kills Dracula, that kind of classic, um, tragic love story. This is more of like, hey, I'm a vampire. Now I've got to live in this world that I don't belong to anymore. Um, it's more of that. And it's the tale of Brad Pitt, the vampire, going through something like 200 years of history, starting in the um, Louisiana Bayou around the turn of the century of um, going into the 1800s. And uh, he meets up with uh, Tom Cruise, the vampire, and they just kind of pal around for some, like, 30 years. And then they meet uh, Kirsten Dunst, the vampire. Um, and then just a whole bunch of whole sh a bunch of shit happens. Um, but it's all framed in this Tuesdays with Maury-style interview setting where Brad Pitt in the present day is talking to Christian Slater about his life as a vampire and the movie just kind of goes through and tells this whole story um and i don't want to spoil how it ends because if you're interested in anything i've just said right now you can go watch this on netflix and i would say like if you just want a story like a movie of a tale like that's got a good beginning middle and an end um if at points it can drag um like you, you, you could do worse than this film. Um, again, it, it, like stories sometimes don't need to be told. And this, if like if the story itself isn't intriguing, I guess then there's nothing here for you. And I will admit that I don't ever need to see this movie again. 
Um, and I'd say the main reason for that is that as beloved, I guess, um, Brad Pitt is as an actor, was as an actor. I don't really know what the public view on Brad Pitt is anymore. I think he's fine. Um, but there's never been a movie I've watched with him kind of behind the wheel as a prominent or lead actor that I thought was good. Uh, Inglorious Bastards is eh. Uh, what else was he in? He was in Troy that I've seen. Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Like, these movies are fine. I've never seen any of the Ocean of 11 movies. Um, and I, I hear those are good. I never saw Seven. Um, I heard that was good. I never saw Fight Club. Like, those kinds of movies. Um, but he just, like, he had no charisma, really. Um, he was just kind of a plank of wood in this film. And going up against Tom Cruise, um, who was oozing charisma. Like, even when he was downtrodden in this movie, he was very charismatic. Um, and there were big chunks of the film where I'm sitting there going, like, you know, this is this is good, but this would be better if Tom Cruise was around. Um, so, you know, you kind of got you kind of got both sides of that. Um, I will say this movie has some of the better child acting I've seen in movies. Um, Kirsten Dunst couldn't be much older than 14, 15 when this movie came out. Um, or when this movie was being made, uh, but she does a pretty dang good job, I gotta say, um, for for a child actor. Um, so that was, I'll, I'll give props to that. Um, movie was lacking in the music department. Not a memorable tune to be had. Um, outside of that, I mean, it's fine. It's a vampire movie. What more do you want? Antonio Banderas is there, and he has like ten lines, and that's about it. Um, but yeah, it has a it has a stage play feel to it. Uh, moves through acts, new characters are introduced, death happens, life happens, maybe lessons are learned, I don't remember what they were. But between these two films, Interview with the Vampire is a better film. Um, it is not at all um, a great film, or even a good film, but it is a better film than Mary and the Witch's Flower, which is not hard. Uh, Mary and the Witch's Flower was subpar to the point of shit, if I had to be honest. Um, if there's ever a Studio Ghibli-esque movie to skip, it's that one. Like, I think Ponyo's better. Ugh. And I didn't really like Ponyo all that often. But at least Ponyo had some fucking heartfelt whimsy in it. Ponyo, Ponyo had, like... The way those Studio Ghibli movies are told is everything. Right? If Mary and the Witch of Sire was told by Hiro Miyazaki, I would have no doubt that it would be in a, a solid, solid film. But it wasn't. It was a by-the-numbers cliche kids movie involving magic and whimsiness. Just so fucking. It didn't feel genuine. It felt it felt hacky. So, and I will say this for Interview of the Vampire. Never seen a movie quite like that before. Um, you know, I've seen classic Dracula vampire shit, and I'm pretty aware of what the modern-day pop culture view of vampires is. Um, but Interview with the Vampire is its own kind of beast. Um, it is it is interesting. It is different, and I would classify it as a classic horror film. A lot of gore, a lot of blood, um, a lot of f fiery death, <laughs> and um, a little bit of nudity. So you know, if you like Tom Cruise, you'll probably like the first thirty minutes of this movie. Um, and if you don't like Tom Cruise, you'll probably not be interested. I'll be honest. Um, and I'm currently. Uh, like, I've got a dual monitor setup screen here. I have The Dark Knight Rises paused on my second monitor. Um, and I'm going to watch that uh, while I while I do some other stuff and head off to bed here in a little bit. And uh, that movie's better than all the other ones combined. Um, a lot of people didn't like The Dark Knight Rises. I loved The Dark Knight Rises. I love The Dark Knight. Um, Christopher Nolan Batman movies. I think they're amazing. Um, I, you know, I just, I love them. They're the, they are the best DC movies. Ugh, by far, um, live action DC movies. Um, but they're probably, I think the dark Knight is the best DC movie he ever made. Um, I'm probably forgetting some like some others, but, uh, until told otherwise, I'm going to stick by that absolutist statement. Um, I'll probably think of a DC movie in the morning where I was like, ah, oh, fuck that is better. Um, but right now dark Knight, feeling pretty strong about that. Feeling pretty good about that. And, um, I love Bane. Bane is incredible. I love I love doing his voice and it's just like you know <clears throat> you merely adopted the doc I was born in it still not molded by it that shit I love it it's so strong anyway 
I'm gonna I'm gonna head off to bed here in a little bit, but do not fret. There's more podcasts to come. And in fact, let's move on to the next bit in the podcast. This week marks a special occasion in all of our lives regarding fantastic uh, audiobooks, if I do say so myself. That is right. It is the beginning of Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban. First three chapters will go live tomorrow night, Wednesday night. I'm very excited for you guys to finally get this book up in your ear holes. Um, it is a, it's a great book. I'm a big fan of some of the characters that are introduced. Um, Sirius and Lupin have always been some of my personal favorites, and they come in in this book naturally. Uh, the first three chapters of book three are as follows. Chapter one, Owl Post. Chapter two, On Marge's Big Mistake. And chapter three, The Night Bus. It's a good bunch of chapters. We got some family drama. We get uh, we get Harry being a little rambunctious. And uh, we get some birthday presents, which is just uh, delightful. It's just a day brightener for everybody involved. And uh, I'm not actually going to uh, have, a, have a highlight this week. Because I want you guys to all experience the first three chapters for yourself. I think uh, I don't want to give any spoilers away. So you can listen to the first three chapters tomorrow night. Um, there is an, actually a uh, promo video that's going to go up sometime Christ, I don't know when that's actually going to go up. I'll figure it out. Um, but it'll go up sometime on Wednesday. Probably in the uh, in the evening time around the same time as... Uh, actually, you know what? I might put it up on Thursday. I'll put it up on Thursday. That's what I'll do. The podcast listeners will have access to the chapter just a little bit ahead of everybody else. Uh, because the vast majority of people won't see the, uh, the video until Thursday. Because that's when it's going to go up. So if you listen to the podcast, you can hop on that, that uh, new audiobook. La qui- uh, la qui- so if you're listening to the podcast, you can hop onto that new audiobook a lot quicker than the uh, than the others who are going to wait for the video. Uh, but I'm very excited for this one. And uh, by my calculations, let's take a look. See here, there's 22 chapters in uh, in book three. So we've got three, six, nine, twelve, fifteen, eighteen, uh, so there's going to be one chapter left over. Hmm. Might have to round it off with four chapters because that's dumb having one chapter left over. So it looks like book three will end on October 10th of this year, meaning that book four will begin October 17th. And that should carry us through the rest of 2018, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I imagine book four will end sometime in 2019 because there's... 30, 37 chapters in book four. So there are only 20, what did I say? 23 chapters? 22 chapters in book three. So yeah, the the final day of book three will be four chapters um, because I'm not having only one chapter in a week. Are you crazy? That's nonsense. And I'm not having a book end and another book begin in the same week because that's nonsense. So four chapters on the 10th of October. So, yeah, we got um, end of August, September, and the beginning of October. So, it's it's six weeks. Six weeks with book three. Very excited. Um, I'm a big fan of this promo video. Um, I'm still trying to figure out how to actually get the promo videos on the website so you guys can see them. Um, I'm sure there's just like like an add-on thing that I can just slap in there and it'll be part of the audiobook. I'm going to figure that out here in a little bit. And um, since I'm relatively certain... It's going to be pretty easy to figure out. I'm just going to go out on a limb and say right now that you can watch the promo videos on the website. Um, I'm not even going to retract it because uh, if I commit to it here on the podcast, it means I have to do it. So <laughs> you can go watch those videos right now. They're all little fun pet projects for me. Just uh, just the little promo videos to give you guys something to look forward to for these audiobooks. Um, but yeah, I'll put those up on the website. You can watch them there. You can listen to the first three chapters tomorrow night. Um, and I am making good headway with the rest of the Harry Potter books. Um, we're getting pretty close to caught up, um, to the present, uh, but I will naturally have finished the books long in advance. Um, and to give you guys just to peel back the curtain totally so you can see how messy backstage is, uh, chapter one of book three was recorded. (laughs) Jesus, this is a long time ago. It was recorded December 20th of last year. Uh, chapter one of book three was recorded. So it t- it's taking a while from them to land up on the old uh, on the old internet there, but you know it's a bit of a bit of a nice bit of a nice time capsule 
Um, Jesus, I had no idea it was that long ago. Wow. When did book... Hold on. When did I start this crazy adventure? Let me look at book one. The first chapter of book one was recorded. I have to find the right file. Um, it was recorded. Properties. Uh, no, that's not right. That's not right. That's my, That might have been when I, like, edited it. That doesn't tell me when it was made. Shiz biscuits. Oh, here we go. Uh, chapter one of book one was recorded May 18th of 2017. So, wow, that's a long time ago. It's over a year ago I started this. Way over a year ago. Anyway, so yeah, brand new chapters, book three, starting tomorrow night. Very excited. And hey, you know what? Let's move on to the next thing in the podcast. Hello, gang. It is I, Andrew, and this is the, the segment of the podcast in which I drive my car home from a very late night day of work. Uh, I just wanted to tell you a quick story of wonderful idea turned into triumphant event into pretty much instant regret and suffering immediately afterwards and for a prolonged period of time, which I'm still currently going through. So on um, Thursdays and Fridays of my uh, of my work week, which is actual Thursdays and Fridays, um, I worked the closing shift at my place of employment and that it requires me to be on site uh, for between the hours of four in the afternoon to midnight. So like right now it is 1216 and uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a late night. I'm a little tired and uh, there's a surprising number of people out on the road. Anyway, uh, I usually eat food kind of like right before I go to work um, officially. Like I usually have breakfast uh, when I wake up and then I'll make like a lunch like an hour or two before I need to be like at the office. Um, and usually between those two meals, uh, I can usually coast through the work shift until I get home at like midnight and then I can eat a little something, something before I go to bed. But, um, uh, tonight was not my night for such an occasion. And every now and then I have to order food while I'm, uh, while I'm at work. And I've done a variety of different things in the past. Uh, you may remember the, the miniature pies from a couple of weeks ago. I did that. Um, I've done Domino's pizza. I've done, I've done a medley of stuff. Um, but tonight I was really digging on some chicken wings and I, I was just like, I'm probably just going to put in an order at Domino's and just get some like Buffalo chicken wings and, you know, call it, call it a day. Just get, get those in my belly. And I historically have a, a pretty poor sense of judgment when it comes to exactly how much of any given item I can consume. Uh, you may recall uh, several weeks ago when I ordered 15 tacos in one sitting and was only able to eat 10 in like two thirds of another taco. So that's a good example. Um, other examples include putting too much food on my plate at like a buffet, um, that kind of stuff. So uh, in my later years, I like to think I've gotten better at it. Um, but tonight I was like, I'm pretty hungry. And so there were three options in terms of quantity for the buffalo wings. Option number one was eight buffalo wings. I'm like, that's not nearly enough. Option two was 14 buffalo wings. And I'm like, that's not nearly enough. Option three was 40 buffalo wings. And I'm like, that's too many. So what I did is I got two orders of the 14. So I got 28 buffalo wings. Um, and that's it. I just got 28 buffalo wings. I really wish there was like a, like a fucking green salad or something. Like, I needed, I needed relief from the buffalo wings, but there wasn't anything. It's like, you want these Parmesan cheese bites? And I'm like, oh yeah, that's what I want with my fucking, fucking fried buffalo wings and some heavy ass bread just stuffed with cheese and shit. Mmm, that sounds delicious. So, anyway, I get 28 buffalo wings. Now, most days on a closing shift, I can show up early enough to get a lunch period. I mean, my official schedule is like 3.30 to midnight, uh, and presuming you take a half hour lunch period in the day. 
Uh, and if you don't want to take a half hour lunch period, you show up half an hour later into the shift and you're just there for eight hours and you just have two breaks. And um, I showed up too late to take a lunch. Uh, so I had to consume my food during a 15 minute break. And I think you can kind of see where I'm going with this. 28 buffalo wings in 15 minutes is like a wing and a half per minute kind of non, non-stop. Um, and so here's how I went down. I ate the first box of 14 buffalo wings during like seven to eight minutes. Uh, and then I took a bit of a break and I drank some tea and kind of washed my hands because they were just coated in buffalo sauce. Um, and then I realized I only had five minutes to eat the other 14 buffalo wings before they got cold. And I was not gonna eat fucking cold ass old buffalo wings later so it's like I do this now or I don't do it at all and I had a crowd witnessing this because let's be honest what I did was pretty fucking impressive I ate 14 buffalo wings in less than five minutes um some might call it disgusting and you would be correct uh but my favorite bit was a co-worker of mine going like, if you can do it, I'll give you a high five. And he's like, after you wash my hands. And I'm like, if I can do it, you get the high five before I wash my hands. And he's like, you know what? You earned it. And so he got, he got like a really saucy high five. And I'm like, God, that was gross. Why did we do that? <laughs> that made me laugh. But I was able to eat 14 buffalo wings in less than five minutes, uh, which is, is a point of pride for me. Um, because I always like to eat fucking like I should have the body of a much larger man. Um, I, I like to chalk it up to my my fitness, uh, which is going to improve. Um, I'll talk about it now because I'm probably not going to remember to talk about it later. Uh, just as a quick side note, I recently purchased this thing called oh, I don't remember what it's called. I think it's like a sports streamer or something like that. Uh, but what it is is it turns my uh, my bike, my mountain bike into an exercise bike. It has like a little mount and it's got a resistance wheel and you, you hook it all up and you just pedal in like your house and it turns a, a bike into a resistance, a resistance bike. And um, that's finally going to add uh, cardio to my workout regime, which will certainly help shave off uh, some of the uh, flab in the flabular areas of my body. Um, some of which has been persistent throughout like my entire life so it's it's become a bit of a, of a point of focus for me to finally lose that particular flab area it's it's the love handle it's the love handles area i've got a bit of a doughy physique when it comes to that particular part of my body and it's been like that for fucking ever and i hate it so i'm finally going to try and do something about it um i was reading up on like how to target that area and they're like there's oblique ab exercises you can do, but it really comes down to two things. It comes down to cardio and eating healthy. And I'm sure it's fuck not gonna do the latter, so it's gotta go to like just a lot of cardio. Also, this fucking minivan is riding my ass. Like, what do you, where do you need to go in such a hurry at midnight? God damn it, get off my ass. I'm turning, they're not, they're gonna just blow right past me and move on with the rest of their fucking night. Fuck you. Dick. I'm probably going to have to give this podcast the explicit tag on iTunes. Anyway, back to the, 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 the buffalo wings. I ate all the buffalo wings, and like I washed my hands really good, and I scrubbed my face, and I, I swigged, swigged some water in the mouth to get all the shit out, and I went on with my day. What I didn't really expect was the rapid and continuous to this point right now the rapid and continuous dehydration of my body. The buffalo wings are acting as like a fucking sponge of moisture in my gut. And like, I can feel it in my throat, I can feel it in my lips, just massive dehydration. And I don't know what the fuck I need to do different. Like, I drank, I've got like this big um, uh, uh, like camel pack water bottle. I think it's like a, like a liter and a half or something like that per like filling. I had like three of those in the three hour period 
after I ate the buffalo wings till like the end of my work shift. Like, I've been drinking water and I'm, I still feel dehydrated. And I'm like, I don't know what the fuck to do. Like the buffalo wings are, suff are like just sucking all the moisture out. And it's weird. I don't understand it. So there's that for sure. And then there's the, the whole fact that you ate fucking 28 buffalo wings and they're all just chilling in your, in your belly zone. And you, you know that in like, like an hour tops, the fallout is going to be really extreme in the other direction. Uh, and I'm not looking forward to that, but it hasn't happened yet. So, you know, that's for, that's for future Andrew to fucking worry about. Uh, present me is, is weirdly dehydrated. I'm going to drink a shitload of water when I get home. Um, and hope that does something, uh, just to help combat it. Uh, but I'm also going to take like a shower and stuff and you know, moisture in the air and all that. I uh, should be fine. But that is, a uh, that's kind of my Buffalo wing story. And my God, it was, a it was an adventure. So man, I feel like, I don't know. I do like eating food. <laughs> um, in general, I do enjoy the consumption of food. Uh, and it's just kind of, I don't know. It's, is it gross to eat a lot of food in one sitting? Hell yeah, it is. What are you doing? It's just, it's pure gluttony. It's one of the seven deadly sins. But at the same time, like, if there's a if there's a food challenge on, like, a menu when I go to a restaurant, I'm probably going to at least consider it. Um, I've never actually done an official food eating contest. It's usually self-imposed stuff. Um, but, you know, I'm always, I'm always curious to see what I'm capable of and where my limits are. Um, so it's, it's fun. It's fun to stretch your boundaries. Um, the one boundary I've never stretched cause I'm kind of, I, I've, I never feel like I have the time to, to justify, uh, this experiment is I'm not certain how many beers I can consume in one go. Um, like in a, like an evening of drinking, I don't know how many beers I, I can handle. I know how many I've had at like my most, the most like amount of alcohol, just like straight like beer I've ever consumed in one go was my brother's engagement party and I had nine beers uh, and I was decently buzzed um, I'm pretty confident I could do more uh, really depends on the beer like that was a mixture of things um, but like I, I never really think I have the time to be drunk anymore I always have something that's that needs doing or that is better than just drinking you know um, like recording audiobooks or recording the podcast or answering emails or playing World of Warcraft. Like, there's always something better I could be doing. So I never have time to test out that theory. But maybe someday in the future, I'll just get like a like a 26 pack for, of like Kona uh, variety pack from like Costco or something, and I'll just sit down once they're all decently chilled, and I'll just start just cranking them out and seeing how many I can get through. Um, so. That's a weird, that's a weird, uh, limit tester for me for sure. Um, I could probably like, I think I've also, in terms of volume, like at one time I had like two liters of, actually I had two, two liters. So I had four liters of beer at like a German beer garden at one time. So I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, I'm about to pull into my house. Um, and I'm sure I've got really interesting stuff to talk about later on in this very podcast. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to take a shower and go to bed. Uh, I'm going to drink a lot of water and then I'm going to take a shower and then I'm going to go to bed. Um, but hey, you know what? Let's move on to the next thing here in the podcast. So this past week, um, well, first off, let me preface this story by saying I got about three hours of sleep last night, and I'm real sleepy. So I'm gonna, I'm just gonna quickly tell the story, and then I'm gonna go like take a shower and just relax in some comfy clothes later. But um, it's the weekend day right now, and I was going to head out to the Olympic Peninsula, um, to you know go see some mountains and see some vistas and get out and enjoy nature and the world. Um, but man, when we got in line to get on the ferry, um, in order to get across the, the sound to get to the Olympic Peninsula, the line was so backed up, we probably would have hit like, 
like three ferries down the line. Our goal was to hit like the 850 ferry. Um, there was no way we were going to get on that ferry. We might have gotten on the 1030 ferry, um, which means uh, at the time it is right now, we probably just would have landed on the peninsula instead of doing all the other stuff we did today. Uh, so we bailed on that front and went instead uh, to Carkeek, uh, which is a local park here on the beach. Uh, if you've been on the goingofcast.com website, you would have seen a picture on the front page and on the header of every web page. That is the, that's Carkeek. That's a picture I took at Carkeek a long time ago. It's actually also the first blog post, so you can learn more about it there. Uh, we went there and just hung out for a bit, and then we went to the Woodland Park Zoo, which is um, just a joyous time. I always enjoy the Woodland Park Zoo. Um, long ago, I used to work at the Seattle Aquarium and have long had a deep-set affection for the natural world. It's one of the best things ever. And going to the zoo is always a lot of fun. You learn about the conservation efforts that the zoo is uh, a part of and uh, is advancing all the time. Uh, you get to see cool little critters that you don't normally get to see out in your day-to-day -day life. It's always a good time. Um, and the rain started to pick up uh, for the first time in a long time. Not sure if you've been uh, keeping a weathered eye on the news uh, of what's happening uh, across um, most of America right now, but a lot of it's on fire. And uh, recently here in the um, uh, western Washington area, we've been dealing with a lot of wildfire smoke um, that has really kind of caused a lot of unhealthy air and a lot of problems for a lot of folk but it rained today for the first time in a really long time which was very nice um not a lot not a lot of rain just like a nice sprinkling um but i'm hoping that's kind of on and off throughout the throughout the day uh so that's fun but you know it's nice to even when your plans go awry you know when you want to get out and do something and it doesn't quite work out um it's important not to not to just give up and go home but to go with a plan B and figure out something else that's fun. You know, you make, you want to go to this restaurant for like a fancy, fancy dinner, but it's full up. Don't, don't cancel the dinner. Find a different restaurant. Explore your horizons. Go someplace unusual and different. You make an adventure out of it. And then you got a story to tell later. And then after all, that's what life's all about. Making mistakes and just trying to figure out what you can do to keep your keep your mission alive to keep it going so i just wanted to share that story while i'm actually falling asleep here at my desk thought i might read some uh, harry potter chapters here in a little bit we'll see how those go uh later on but uh for now i think it's time to move on to the next thing in the podcast and finally this week i want to talk a little bit about something that's very near and dear to my heart that's right fitness Fitness and healthy living. Um, I've recently gone out and purchased a bench press home gym thing that also has like a leg lifter up or do. Um, I have, there's a picture of it on the blog. Um, I can't really describe these things because I don't really know what they're called. But it comes with a lot of bits of metal and heavy things. And you put the heavy things on the bits of metal and then you lift them with various body parts. And then you become swole and super strong. But um, recently, within the last year, I've really gotten into... um in a more uh, fitness-oriented mindset. Um, I'm still lacking pretty significantly in the cardio aspect, but in terms of just kind of general size, um, I've definitely increased in mass. Um, uh, I used to weigh like 160 pounds, and now I'm uh, hovering uh, plus minus 10 pounds around 200. Um, I, can, I can drop to like 190, or I can go up to like 210. Um, on any given like thing like if I work out a lot I usually drop in weight and if I miss a couple of days it usually starts to pick back up so it's all about balance and stuff like that with fitness and um, you know there's all the aspects of like you want to have a good diet because that is a, an enormous part of fitness they often say that abs are made in the kitchen and that is very true you can do crunches forever um, and you'll get you'll develop your core that's like like there's I think there's a general misconception of if you can't see the abs you don't have any abs that's a blatant fault like just because you can't burn the fat in that area by doing crunches doesn't mean you shouldn't do crunches um you'll still develop ab strength which is very important um you just won't have the the visual um evidence of the of abs so 
you know, if that's important to you, then you'll want to uh, use uh, diet and cardio to actually burn the fat um, in your in your body. But uh, in terms of what I do, I mostly focus on um, just kind of weight training, a lot of um, a lot of big muscle group work, uh, mostly like arms, back, and chest. Um, with my new thing, I can finally get legs going. Um, which is nice and the bench also allows me to hit my core so it's kind of hitting all the major groups and stuff like that and uh, when I was younger I used to be um, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say porky or indeed uh, overweight very much at all it was just um, I I weighed like 160 when I was younger and I was also shorter so it just looked worse if that makes sense Um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't I wasn't really happy with it and then I grew and just kind of stretched me out and um, I still wasn't really happy with it. And um, now I'm finally getting to a point where I'm like, I'm getting happy with uh, the way I, the way I look and the way I feel and stuff like that. And um, you know, uh, it's it's always difficult to begin uh, fitness, especially because you know, oh, I need to go to a gym and just get a membership, and I need all this equipment and stuff like that. And while going to a gym can sometimes be the right move, and while having equipment is helpful, there's by no means like necessities to working out or becoming healthy uh it's kind of like how you don't need minis or battle maps or all this specialized equipment to play dungeons and dragons it makes it easier for sure but you could still do it with just a pen and a piece of paper and your imagination you know you can still do it like that so like you can do a lot of weight resistant stuff like push-ups and sit-ups and you can do the cardio aspect just by jogging or running or stuff like that um quick warning with that stuff though you want to be careful with running and jogging because those are high impact cardio exercises that can cause long-term damage to your knees and ankles if you don't do it properly. If you don't warm up properly and you don't cool down properly, it can cause damage to various joints in your body. And running and walking do not build leg muscles. Um, the only cardio aspect, anything in this realm that is low impact, um, burns more calories than all the others, and actually builds leg muscles is biking. Biking is by far the best cardio activity you can do on dry land. Um, I would say swimming is probably the best overall because that's a full body workout um, and also builds muscle. Um, but if you want something that'll actually improve like the look of your legs um, and ass, we'll say that as well, uh, biking is your friend. Even getting one of those exercise bikes. Um, I'm not sure if I mentioned it here, but in case I did or didn't, um, I had gotten one of those, like it was a stand that I would put my actual bike on to turn it into an exercise bike. Um, turns out my bike was not compatible with this machine, so I returned it to Amazon and I got the um, the weight gym instead. And uh, that's probably a better use for me because I know how to use the weight gym and I will use the weight gym like probably not every day, but several times a week. Um, because now, unlike what I was doing with the uh, 15 pound free weights, I'm working with some pretty serious weight. Now I can go up to like hundred pounds for the bench press. And, um, it takes a lot more out of me because it's more weight and it's also a lot more dangerous because <laughs> uh, I'm usually working out without a spotter, which is terrible, terrible. Do not work out without a spotter. Um, unless you're doing what I'm doing and I'm working with significantly less weight than what I'm actually capable of. That way I can maintain control the entire time and I won't accidentally kill myself. So, you know, just be, be aware, be cognizant of that kind of stuff. But, um, I do enjoy, um, the, the aspects of fitness, like eating healthy and stuff like that are very important for your longevity of life. Um, but you can also prescribe to the uh, Andrew Logan diet, which is you work out somehow, you somehow work out every single day, and then you can eat whatever you want. Like <laughs> that's it seemed to have worked out all right for me. So you know, I eat not the greatest food. Um, I will say I maintained some pretty good self control this weekend when I made brownies, and I only ate one brownie, and I gave the rest of them away at work. Um, which might be a new thing for me because I love the act of baking, but I don't want to eat the calories. So maybe I'll just bake a lot of food and just give them away at work. So that might be that might be fun. But uh, but yeah, it's just you know it's also important to figure out what's good for you and all that stuff. But generally, once you're past the hump, once you're past the first week of working out, um, I found that uh, my mood increases. Um, I always feel better after a workout because there's a solid sense of accomplishment. 
um, like I did all these things and I lifted all these things really heavy and I'm just like, yeah, look at my shoulders. I can break down doors. Um, and there's a lot of workouts you can do where there's a real sense of accomplishment um, in terms of like you have a set goal, like rock climbing, you know? Get from the bottom of this wall to the top of it. And then when you get to the top of it and you've completed the thing, you're like, I did a thing. I feel I feel good about myself. It's like making your bed, you know? It's something to do to like give yourself that raw sense of accomplishment so you can keep going in your day. And rock climbing gives you that. Uh, for me, weight training gives me that. Um, absolutely, cardio gives you that because depending on how you're doing your cardio, you can go from point A to point B. There's a distance. There's a goal. There's a there's a, a, a like a path to follow. You know that's that gives you a real sense of accomplishment. Some fitness things can be a bit repetitive, and you don't really get that sense of accomplishment um, until you get like the the body results you're looking for. Um, whether you're bulking up or cutting down to you know have the killer washboard abs for the summer and stuff like that. Of course, now it's winter time, so uh, you'll find that a lot of people are bulking up. You know, you got to store the fat for the winter <laughs> when the cold months come. Um, it's still summer. I don't know what I'm talking about. It's gonna be like 78 tomorrow. It's gonna be awesome. But yeah, fitness is fitness is incredible. Plus, it's a great way to meet people. You know, you go out to your local gym or. You go jogging, meet some other joggers, you, you know, there's rock climbing gyms and beaches where various events happen and you can just go and get a workout buddy. You can get a, you can be like, hey, I need a spot. Can you spot me for this? You know, this, these reps I'm about to crank out with a 200 pounds of weight and they'll be like, all right. And then you try to pick it up and it just crushes your sternum and they pull it off of you and then they take you to the hospital. And that's how you meet friends right there. And I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, covered some good ground this week. I'm very excited for this weekend. Just a quick reminder, I will be going to PAX West um, Saturday and Sunday. I will be on the expo floor the entire time. I won't be hitting any panels because um, none of them looked very interesting to me. Uh, so I will be on the expo hall the entire time, spending far too much money on things I don't need because that is how I do. Um, I can't think of a single dang game that's going to be at PAX that I want to play, quite frankly. Um, I've now gotten into the point where if there's a game that comes out that I want, I'm just going to buy it. Uh, so my days of standing four hours in line for a game that's going to come out in three months anyway are long over. So I'm mostly just going to be there to wander and do some shopping and maybe check out some indie games because those are usually a bit more interesting with a lot shorter lines and that kind of stuff. Shooting the shit with a lot of developers. Um, this is like my fourth or fifth time going to PAX. It's like going back home. It's, it's, a, it's a fucking staple of my gaming, my gaming life. Um, and while I don't game as much as I used to, because I've got like a full-time job and I do the podcast, which actually takes up quite a bit of time. And um, I'm playing World of Warcraft. Uh, I don't have a lot of time for many other games. Uh, I think the next game I'm really excited for is Spider-Man. And that comes out like next week. So like, I'm not going to waste my time with that at PAX because it comes out in like two weeks. So whatever, I'm going to be at PAX. I hope to see any of you there. I'm very excited. Get ready for Harry Potter book three. Enjoy the songs of the week. I hope you liked my stories. This is the first episode of the podcast where I feel like I really have to put the explicit tag on here because Jesus Christ, a lot of language in this episode. And you know what? I think I'll see you all next week where I'm going to regale you with fun pack stories. Dozens of pack stories. Get excited. Get excited for some pack stories. And I will talk to you all later. Have a good one, everyone. <laughs>